scripture memory is incorporating key scriptures into your mind and heart and life. I like this verse about it. Thank you very much. It says, Proverbs 22, 17 and 18, Pay attention and listen to the sayings of the wise. Apply your heart to what I teach. So already you've got a pretty good guideline there for what to do with the word. Pay attention and listen and apply. Then it says, It is pleasing when you keep them in your heart. Does that need to be focused a little bit? Oh, pull it loose around. Everybody knows what this is, right? <laughs> For it is uh, pleasing when you keep them in your heart and have all of them ready on your lips. So it's pleasing when you have scripture in your heart and on your lips. It's pleasing to God. It's pleasing to yourself. And it's pleasing to other people because you can share the word with them. Uh, whenever you have an opportunity. Uh, would all please stand? Uh, if you were not in church last Sunday, sit down. If you were not in church last Sunday morning, please sit down. Okay? If you cannot remember the verse or verses that were used, please sit down. If you cannot remember the reference of the verse that was used, please sit down. If you cannot remember, if you cannot quote the verse that was used, please sit down. Okay, Kelly. Now, uh, why is it that you happen to remember that verse that was used in the sermon last Sunday? It's one that he memorized already. Now, that's very interesting. When I learned how to do scripture memory, they showed me this. Thank you. You can be seated. Uh, they showed me the hand illustration, that if I wanted to get a grip on God's word, I could hear it, or I could hear it and read it, I could study it, and I could memorize it. And I found out that if you just hear it, you remember 5%. If you uh, read it, 10 or 15%. If you study it, about 50%. But if you memorize it, 100%. So we've just proved that about 95% of the people do not remember what you heard only. So we just proved that out. Uh, but memory will lock that stuff in forever, and it's interesting that the one that you knew was something that you had memorized. If your personal scripture memory program were squarely on track, what is the main benefit that you would expect? I want you to take two minutes and just turn to the guy right next to you and talk about that. Start talking now. It's written on your handout. Exercise. Usually, if I give a scripture memory workshop, I spend about two-thirds of the time talking about what you just talked about for the last two minutes, and uh, maybe sometimes don't spend as much time on the nuts and bolts. So today, we want to spend more time on the nuts and bolts and less on the, uh, the advantages and the reasons. Hopefully, you're already motivated, or you can uh, become motivated as the Spirit deals with you. Uh, there are two of us uh, splitting this workshop today, and uh, I'm going to turn it over to my partner now, Don Horton. Don is a stockbroker in Dallas with Donaldson, Donaldson, Lufkin, and Jen Rett, a man who loves God and loves his word. Don? Well, Jim, uh, he's the 
it says, why memorize scripture on your handout there. And I, I guess Jim Kennedy was the father of uh, me getting started in this about six or seven years ago. And I'm nowhere near a lot of you probably are. But uh, let's just look at, at the basics. Now, first of all, I would like to just set this up on a vision statement. You know, when you, when you have a vision where you want to go in life, you know, it, it really makes it worthwhile to get on that, on track for that. And the vision statement that I would use here is, who knows Romans 8, 29? Eight, Romans 8, 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. So I think that sort of sets this up, is that we're in life here to be conformed. We've been predestined. We're in God's family, and he is working on us continually to be like his son. Now, there's some people that don't have handouts. Uh, we're going to put a stack of them back there and just circulate those back, if you would, please. So godliness, godliness would be our, gain, our goal and our aim, I think, in, 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 in implementing spiritual, what I'd call spiritual disciplines. And spiritual disciplines are the means by which God works I'm talking about the basics here now, the Lawrence Sandy type stuff. You know, these are the these are the basics, the means by which we grow more and more like Him. And that process is what? It's called sanctification. You know, it's to be made. It's a continuation. I'm not near where I'm gonna be, but I'm a lot better than I was. I have to keep reminding my wife that, but she still doesn't agree with me. <laughs> yeah, but she knows, because <laughs> she was down there, too, in the bottom with me. So let's just think about uh, how do we discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. There are certain things that, that we need to put in our life. And basically, I think everything that I see in my life gets back to the Word of God in one way or another. So if it's going to get back there, why don't I start it out there? You know, in other words, why don't I get it up front and get on with it and get on track with God? Well, let's look at your handout. I've just got a little outline here of some things about why I memorize Scripture. And it's because, because uh, the navigators say so, right? Or because Jim Kennedy told me to. No, why do we do it? Because God what? Says so. You know, I mean, it's just a basic. It's just like we had in one workshop, Reebok, just do it, you know. But Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9 is a great passage on this. And uh, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. I think God wants us to have his word hanging around us and in us and with us about everywhere we go. That's a life statement there. It's a pretty comprehensive statement. And there's a lot in the New Testament that we'll look at here too. Uh, so let's look at what are we to do with scripture memory. John 2, 5. You remember when this was Jesus's you know, this is when Jesus says it's okay to have fun. He went to a wedding party, right? And one of the things that he did, uh, with Mary said in John 2, 5, what? She said, just do whatever he tells you to these servants. And so when they did, when they went out and got that new wine in, boy, they, had a, they really had the good stuff coming in, but they were obedient. Uh, obedience is our key to spiritual blessings. And so 
do whatever he tells you as a statement. And when we see God's emphasis on the word and hiding it in our heart and what we're supposed to do with it, that's the what about this. That's the obedience. And that's where we're going to get spiritual blessing out of it. Walking with God closer. John 17, 7. Why? Why would we want to, to obey, to be obedient? John 17, 17. Jesus said, sanctify them, Father, by, your, by the truth. Your word is truth. Now, we're going to want to be godly, and that's the sanctification process. Jesus is talking right here to the Father in his prayer before he went to the cross to the Father about sanctification. By truth, and your word is truth. So the why we're going to be like that is to be like him. So our obedience is the what. Our why is to be sanctified, to be godly. And the how, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. In Colossians 3.16, so that's the how, that's the word. The word, for some reason, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So it seems like everything that, that uh, we get back to square one is involved directly with the word. So that sort of sets this up is why I memorize scripture, because God says so. And by obedient, uh, being obedient to him, we will become more and more like him, and we will do that through the word dwelling richly in us. The word dwells in us so that the Holy Spirit can use it out in our life. In other words, I don't just think about memorizing scripture, and you don't. We shouldn't just to get it memorized. But it's in there, in our heart, that it can be used by the Holy Spirit so that we can live it out and propagate it, pass it on to others. And, uh, you know, there's a Proverbs 4.23 that says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. That is where we're putting the word. And I don't know any better way to guard my heart and your, you to guard your heart than putting God's word in there. So, uh, and I've, I've lived it out the other way and it doesn't work. Modern myths. Let's look at your outline number two. I've called this the, you know, there's a company out there on the New York Stock Exchange called 3M. The symbol is MMM, 3Ms. And I've got 3Ms in, <clears throat> in memory work. Modern myths of memory and meditation. And... <laughs> You know, we go through life thinking one way, but God uh, has another way for us. And I just want to set this up because on one side is Satan, our myth, or Satan is the father of lies, right? He tries to trick us thinking, well, this is the way. But God, on the other side, I put two columns here and what the real truth is about the matter. And on the world, we may say, number one, I don't have any strength. I cannot do this. This is a big deal. I don't want to get into this. I'm not strong enough. Well, we, we do remember our phone numbers. We do remember a lot of things in life, our wife's birthdays, our children's birthdays, our anniversaries. So, But I don't care what it is. Satan gets into us and says, we can't do this because you're not strong enough. Well, whatever we say is not what we want to run. What does God say? God says, Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So God's going to do the work in you. Turn it over to him. It's his strength, not your strength anyway. Uh, Philippians 4. 13, I can do everything through him who, who strengthens me. In 2 Timothy 1, 7, which I think is, um, uh, about, of course, about the Holy Spirit, it says, For God did not give us the spirit of timidity, but the spirit of power and love and self-discipline. So we have in us the strength to do this. And it's a matter of uh, just yielding that over to the Lord's strength and letting him give us these desires. And if you haven't had the desire to do scripture memory on a regular basis, then just, I'll just ask you one thing t tonight. 
is just to ask God to give you that desire. And that's the starting point, I think, on this, and turn it over to him and say, I want a plan and a, and a, a lifelong plan of memory and meditation on your word because I know that it's important to you, Father, and pray to him and say, I ask that you'll give me the desire to will and to act according to your good purpose. And I know that one of his good purposes is for us to put his word in our heart. So he's going to answer that prayer. If you'll do it in faith, believe him, then he'll answer that prayer. So don't get tricked by Satan, as we all do time to time, that we don't have strength. Myth number two is we say, I don't have time for this, okay? I can't get into this. No, no time. Not only don't I have any strength, I don't even have time for it anyway. Well, it's not a matter of time, but priorities. Um, Gene Fleming wrote a piece. This is a book by Donald Whitney called The Spiritual Distance for the Christian Life. And it's out of now press. It's been out a while. But she said, if you're simply waiting until you have more time for the spiritual disciplines, you never will. In a card to my wife and me, this is the author speaking, Gene Fleming wrote, I find myself thinking when life settles down, I'll... You know, do you all ever use those? When life settles down a little bit, I'll trail off. I can add a lot of things to that. But Gene said, I should have learned by now that life never settles down for long. And whatever I want to accomplish, I must do with life unsettled. Now, we can have peace about it. I don't, I think, but Gene, this is Roger Fleming's wife, who a lot of y'all know Roger. But, you know, if we wait till life settles down to do a priority, that God puts, number one, we're not going to get it done that way. Jim has a very rushed life, and a lot of you do that are in this work already, scripture, memory, and meditation, but you find time for that. It's not a matter of time, but a matter of priorities. Matthew 6, 33, put, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Psalms uh, 90, let me look at my verse card here. I was writing this out in another translation that I don't have, but 90, 12, it says... Um, um, yeah, Lord, teach the number of our days aright so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So God has, you know, let us number our days. Our days are fleeting. They're going by one by one. And they're going to all be gone one of these days. And, and you all know the older we get, the less remember we remember those previous days. But we're on our way. So teach us, Lord, to number our days aright so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And then Psalms 119, 59, 60, it says, I have considered my ways, and I have turned my steps to your statutes. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. That's a great verse. On, on looking back, I have considered my ways, and I'm turning my steps to your statutes. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. So we, we need to place the uh, priority of this. It's a priority statement. We do have time. God says, I'll give you time because I want to be number one. And if we're, he's number one in my life, I've got to have him in the word dwelling in me. It's as simple as that. Holy Spirit with me, the word dwelling in me so that it can be used out in my life to replicate what he wants to do out of me. Um, number three, the, la the last myth on the, th the three M's here is we say there's no value in this. You know, who is that, Dion? He says, show me the money. You know, <laughs> you know where's the payoff here? <laughs> No value. I don't want to be doing this. This is Sunday school stuff. I did this in vacation Bible school or something. Or maybe the neighbor did. I didn't even get that close to it when I was young. We say, though, the world says, Satan says in us, there's no real value in this. What would I want to get in Scripture memory for? John 14, 21, Jesus speaking, says, whoever has my commands, has them, has my commands, and obeys them. He is the one who loves me. 
you know, I'm, I'm not making that statement. Jesus is making, in, in, in John 14, there's some other verses in there. If you love me, you will obey my commands. I mean, our obedience is a reflection of our level of our love to the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. If we have a obedience problem, we probably have a love problem. So that's another issue. But, but John 14, and the value is that Jesus promised if we will have his commands and obeys them, I'm going to show him how much I love him. I'm doing it not to earn his love. He's already shown that to me. I'm doing it because of his love. And then on top of that, he says, I will love him and show myself to him. I will make myself available to you on a full-time basis. Isn't it neat that we have a Lord that's so great and big that he can give us all of us each his undivided attention? (laughs) So he says, I'll show you, I'll be with you, and then my Father also will be available for you. So that's, that's the payoff, the value here. 2 Timothy 3.16 is the famous verse on all scriptures God breathed and used for teaching, correcting, rebuking, correcting, and training, so that the man of God may be what? Thoroughly equipped for what? Every good work. So that the who, man of God, may be what? Thoroughly equipped for what? For every good work. So the scripture is involved in there. It's the process by which we are equipped. It's the process by which we're convicted of sin. It's the process where we're rebuked and corrected and trained to stay on that track. There's no doubt about the value here, and I think we all know that. But let's don't let Satan trick us into saying something that's, that God doesn't back up with the truth. So, myth number one, no strength. We do have strength in Christ. Myth number two, it's not a matter of time. It's a matter of priorities. It's making yourself available to God and putting this into your life. Uh, there's no value. There's a great payoff here. Without this word of his, the Logos, working in our life, we have no chance to become more and more like him. It's just a matter of that. Um, the, the part that we play here, look, moving down a little bit further here, what the time is running about right uh first timothy 4 7 there's there's three parts that i put down here it's a matter of discipline you know first timothy 4 7 discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness that's in the new american standard discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness and of course physical training is of some value paul goes on to say you know it's good to work out physically but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for the present life and the life to come. So there's not anything wrong with combining actually your physical workout with some memory work. Carry some cards with you. You know, get them both in. It's a great time to do a workout physically, but spiritually, it's a discipline. It's a matter of working out and, and getting this in. It's, there is a matter of discipline here. Secondly, we can encourage one another. We should encourage, and that's what we're doing here to you. Our prayer is that this, this we'll just pass on something here in God's word that you'll link up with in your life if you haven't already or get back to it on a more consistent basis. Let us consider how we may spur one another on, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And uh, this, is, this is showing God how much we love him. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. You know, so this is towards love and good deeds because I know that this is the way God will work out in my life what he has in store for me. So let us consider how we may spur one. Let's be encouraging one another in this. And that's when it gets into some accountability things. Jim's going to speak about that just a little bit later. How we can do, you know, one-on-ones or small group in this. And we'll show you some exercises on that. And then lastly, stand firm. Don't get off of this. 2 Corinthians 15, 58. 
Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. And that's a great verse for all of us for standing in there. And But it's particularly on Scripture. Remember, boy, this is the easiest thing to get off of, of anything. And I find the easiest it is for me to take over an area. Usually that's an area that really, you know, Satan sort of pulls me away from. And that's usually an area of great, great need in my life. So stand firm. Discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness and encourage one another. Um, Jim, I believe you're ready to get started now on the second part. on how to, We're going to do a little soft shoe here just a couple of times. That'll be it. You'll be interested to know we're right on schedule, too. When I originally started memorizing verses, I thought of two motives. One is, uh, and by the way, if some of you came in and there are, you didn't get a handout, somebody's got, Max got them, they're all out, they're over here. Okay, great. Um, one motive was uh, if the communist came in and grabbed up all the Bibles. In fact, I, I played this game, I was giving a little workshop at our church and I had somebody come in dressed in a uniform and he went out and grabbed everybody's Bible and took it out in a box. And I said, okay, let's see how much we know of the book of, uh, you know, John. Anybody know anything in John? Well, 316 is about all we could get out of the book of John. So we went on to something else, you know. And uh, so uh, I thought, well, that would be a, a motivation. Or if I was ever thrown in a prisoner of war camp and um, we didn't have the Bible available, could we somehow recreate the Bible amongst all the Christians? So I thought that's, that's a motivation. Another motivation I thought of is that there are a lot of pretty dark areas of my heart that could stand a little truth and light in there to reform and transform and uh, make different. Um, I kind of visualized putting Bible verses on the landscape of your heart and soul is like planting mines in a in a battlefield so that if a uh, a, a really horrible thought which could hatch down in the basement level of my heart and then it starts to crawl out through that minefield, one of those verses would get it and blow its leg off before it could get out into real life. You get the picture there? All right. Now, some of you got a, a basement of your heart where you got some of those monsters chained up like I have. And uh, once in a while, one of them gets out and starts roaring, and you think, where'd that come from? Uh, well, it came from within. That's where. That's why we need a Savior. And the Word of God is something that, if it's continually permeating all parts of your mind, will eventually cleanse that stuff until it's not uh, quite so powerful, it's not quite so relevant, or maybe it's not quite so recent uh, in your experience, and it, it gets a little bit uh, easier to deal with. The chains are a little stronger. There were some people who lived in the desert, and they tried everything they could to get uh, some flowers to grow. The lady especially, she just, oh, man, she wanted flowers to grow so bad. And uh, they were out there in, the, I don't know where the, uh, what's it called, the Salt uh, uh, Death Valley or someplace like that. So one day uh, she was uh, getting ready to pour out the uh, dishwater just out behind the door of their house. You know, they'd wash the dishes, and she'd just go to the back door and open the screen and dump out the dishwater like she'd been doing for about 10 years. And she looked down, and there was a flower. And she realized uh, after consulting what had happened, the uh, water had been going in that same place over and over and had gradually washed out all the impurities and the alkalinity of the soil so that it could support life. 
Very similar thing with the Word of God in your life. And so if you've, you know, kind of did a little dab here and a little dab there, but your life doesn't seem to change, pour it on. Keep it up. Wait. It takes time. You may take as much time to rebuild some of the bad habits of life as it took to develop them in the first place. <laughs> and some of us spend a good long time doing that. And we're so surprised why we don't have this uh, instant miracle cure overnight. All the bad motives and attitudes and desires. Uh, as far as I can tell, it takes time. God may do a miracle in one or two areas in your life, the way he did in mine, but other things take a lot of time. Well, let's talk now about how to memorize. Oh, by the way, those two motives. One was in case the communists ever came. Well, guess what? The communists are getting less powerful all the time. And But I heard that 25 years ago, and so far I've never been thrown in a prisoner of war camp. So that one didn't come true. But guess what? That other one, taming those monsters, happens to me every day. If it's not you, uh, or it'll, it'll be my wife. You know, I have all, all kinds of chances to sin against her and to be, uh, you know, arrogant and selfish and good grief. So uh, that second motive, having a change in my life, was by far the most superior motive. I heard a man give his testimony that if for some reason his tongue was cut out today and he could never speak another word to another person as long as he lived, he would continue on memorizing and reviewing scripture just like he always had for the effect it would have on him. So if your primary motive for memorizing is for what it'll do for Jerry Geiger, then you're in good shape. If it's to do something to, to talk about down in church, maybe you've, you know, try another workshop. Should we have a word of prayer and everybody can slip out that's, you know? Okay, how to memorize. Well, um, the scripture memory doesn't require a good memory. It develops a good memory. Scripture memory doesn't require a good memory. It develops a good memory. I have a lot of stories of people that I know who came to me and said, you know, I can't even memorize my phone number hardly. I don't think I'm cut out for this. People who are in their 70s, people who are in their 20s, former football players who had a few too many tackles, um, head tackles, you know, and all sorts of people, people with uh, even mental problems. I can't memorize. Scripture memory develops your memory, just like any other exercise. You can exercise your brain, too. And if you're going to just flat out exercise your brain, you might as well, instead of just lifting barbells, you might as well do something that, that uh, has a great value. I think you could benefit your memory just by memorizing the phone book. Wouldn't be too much uh, value there unless you work for the, unless you were an operator. Okay, well, let's talk about uh, getting started. First point under getting started is uh, planning. The man who aims at nothing will hit it every time. You ever hear that? No wind is favorable to the sailor who hasn't made up his mind which port he is headed for. So uh, do some planning about scripture memory and set a, uh, set a goal and a reasonable goal. Uh, to, to figure out what you're going to memorize, uh, you might think about getting a, one of the ready-made systems. And I will suggest two ready-made systems. And I would just say that uh, to get started, using a ready-made system of some sort that's been proven that has some helpful things to guide you, uh, to me, sounds like a lot of wisdom. You're following in somebody else's tracks that's already done it successfully. Uh, there are two of those that are published by the Navigators. One is the Beginning with Christ book, which has five verses in it. 
uh, and some instructions and motivation about memorizing. That's a good way to, to get started. And that's a good way to get someone else started because you're not giving them a huge program. It's doable. It's a small bite, first step. Then a person could graduate to the topical memory system. If you hang around navigator people for a while, you might hear them call that the TMS, Topical Memory System. There are 60 verses, and they're organized into five uh, general packets, 12 topics in each, so 5 times 12 is 60. And um, it's, a, uh, it's a great uh, uh, program of scripture memory for you. Did I say that right? 60 verses? That's right. Uh, in that uh, topical memory system, there are also um, guidelines, uh, little examinations to take, uh, checkups, all sorts of helpful tips, hints, and kinks about how to memorize. When I started memorizing scripture, I started with beginning with Christ. The fellow you're going to hear tonight is the one who got me started. And I was in his Sunday school class, and I uh, heard some fellows quote scripture, and I wanted to do that real bad because I wanted to be as uh, spiritually superior as they were. So I said uh, to Gene, I said, can you get me some of those verses? And he said, um, uh, well, have you prayed about it? I said, no, I didn't think you need to pray about memorizing the Bible. But uh, by the way, I was an, I was an unbeliever. So I uh, prayed about it. And I saw him the next week and I said, uh, have you got some of those little cards for me? Because I had seen these guys carrying around these little uh, memory cards, you know, and they were, boy, they just, they looked real official. It never dawned on me that you could just do your own, you know, because they were all typed up and printed and, I don't know, they just looked so official. I wanted some of those cards. So, uh, and I didn't know where you got these cards anyway. He knew. So I said, uh, have you got some cards for me? He said, did you pray about it? And I said, yes. He said, what did Jesus tell you? I said, nothing, but I still want some of those cards. <laughs> So he gave me those uh, first beginning with Christ. He gave it all, all to me. I happened to memorize them all that day. And I saw him within two or three days later, somehow, bumped into him. And uh, I said, uh, hey, I've got those verses. <laughs> and uh, he said, oh, let's hear them. So I quoted all. In those days, there were just four verses. I quoted all four of those verses. And uh, he said, um, well, he said, that's close. Now, um, I, I was ready to fight. You know, if I'd had a gun in those days, if it would have been the Wild West, I would have shot him right then. But uh, we had a nice little discussion, and I'll tell you what we talked about a little bit later. But that's how I got started. And after that little discussion, he got me into the topical memory system. And by that time, I had a lot of education uh, in the world system. But I treated that like I was in the second grade. I mean, I followed every little suggestion... <laughs> If it said, carry it in your left pocket, man, I'm looking for a left pocket. I just followed it precisely right down to the letter, and I'll tell you, it worked and it's kept on working all these years. And every time I find somebody that got started with scripture memory, this is, I know this is a statement to make, but, and they've fallen aside or had difficulties, I'll go back and get the topical memory system and go through the guidelines and instructions, and I'll find there's several of those things that they're not doing. So if, if, now, there may be other ways to keep at it and do a good job successfully, but that one will definitely work uh, for just about uh, everybody, from, uh, you know, pauper to priest and uh, missionary to manhole cover lifter and, I mean, everything. It'll, it'll just work for you. So I, I, 
highly uh, recommend that uh, program. And Don is going to tell you a little bit more about using it later on. Uh, the next thing you can do uh, after that is selecting your own verses. And uh, we're still under uh, how to memorize on page one, getting started. Um, eventually, you want to select your own verses. I recommend that you select verses from those which have spoken to you the most significantly rather than taking, uh, say, I want to memorize 75 verses on eschatology. Somehow those probably won't stay with you. You know, or ecclesiology, the best 13 verses on ecclesiology. There might be an occasion to memorize, like, for instance, I like to get a verse out of every book of the Bible and maybe what I would consider the key verse. So if I needed to, I could go through it and give you the key to the 66 books of the Bible just by memory. Uh, you know, I'm just out here riding my bike and I can meditate on that for the next 20, 30 minutes. Um, but generally, it's verses that have really spoken to me the most after I get through with the ready, ready-made systems. Uh, for instance, for me, it's most of them are from quiet time or personal Bible reading. Another would be uh, lessons which I have learned. Uh, I mean, Sunday school lessons which I've sat through or which I've taught. Um, not a bad plan to just pick one verse every week if you're a Sunday school teacher and just memorize that verse. Memorize it early. And then God can just really use it in your life and meditation. So by Sunday, you've got six or seven days of really working that thing over. Uh, then Bible study. Uh, verses from major Bible stories, um, you know, for instance, uh, something about David and Bathsheba or Noah uh, and uh, or Jonah, some of those key Bible stories that you'd like to really know about Abraham, Joseph, etc. Pick a key verse right in there. Sometimes those verses act like knobs on a drawer. When you reach out and grab a knob, knob doesn't help much, but then you pull on the knob and you get the contents of the whole drawer. So a key verse in the middle of a story that has been a life-changing matter for you uh, kind of helps remind you of that whole situation, especially if you make it a habit to review those verses on a periodic basis, say, every 30 days. Then if there's been a real significant, life-changing Bible story or situation and you wind up reviewing it every 30 days, uh, it pulls out all those, uh, all those wonderful memories and lessons for you. I put these uh, on a little page of my Bible, I call it FM at the top for future memory. And those are verses that I've heard maybe at this uh, weekend. I'll, I'll probably add three or four verses to this page this weekend. I won't memorize them all right now. But one of these days, I'll, I'll, when I get ready to memorize a new verse, I go to here and I say, oh yeah, let's take that one or this one or that one. Uh, this is a little forward planning that gets me ready for what I want to do. How many of you have a future memory page in the back of your Bible? One, two, three, four. So that means that all the rest of you just learned something and it wasn't a dead loss coming here, right? Uh, someone said, uh, which translation should I memorize in? Well, when I got started, uh, I didn't hear a workshop like this, so I just got every translation under the sun. But I recommend that you pick the translation that you most read from or would use in a ministry setting and memorize most of your verses from that translation. So it would be kind of your home base translation. Uh, it could be the translation that you do your Bible study in as well. I happen these days to memorize most of my verses in the NIV. It's a very smooth uh, translation. Uh, I do recommend that you use a translation instead of a paraphrase, although I do have a lot of verses memorized from the Living Bible. But uh, sometimes um, 
the Living Bible will miss a part of the truth because he's emphasized paraphrasing uh, a particular angle. The, the Living Bible is a wonderful translation. I use it, and I do memorize in it. But if I were recommending it to start with, I would recommend that you memorize most from a translation, which would be NIV and New American Standard, typically these days. Uh, any other translation you guys uh, memorize in? King James. There's the New Living. There's the New King James. RSV. It's hard to find one these days. But it's plenty good. And the new uh, in RSV. Okay. Great. You know, I don't think it makes too much difference what translation. But uh, I would suggest picking one translation. Here's one reason for that. As you read your Bible, as you open to it and refer to it in church services or Sunday school lessons, uh, if the verses, if, if, if you have the uh, verse memorized in that translation, it just reinforces it. But if you have it in a different translation, sometimes you, you're reading and and you say, I think I have that memorized. But it's so different in your translation that you don't recognize it, you know. It's like a friend in disguise. So uh, I recommend to pick a translation and, and stay with it. Someone said, what about passages versus individual verses? Like, we're going to memorize John 3.16, or should I just memorize all of John 3? Well, uh, I don't want to take time to answer that question, but if you have that question deeply, personally, you can ask it during our question and answer uh, session. Okay, um, we're going to uh, just memorize a verse uh, together, and we're going to memorize Hebrews 12:11. Now, what I've uh, don't look this up. You can just see it right up here, and we don't want you to write it down or anything. We'll just do it by memory. <laughs> so um, this is Hebrews 12:11, and what I've done here is written down Hebrews 12:11 the way I write my verses on verse cards. I write the verse on a verse card so that the each line uh, is a different thought unit, or and so that the words even sometimes correspond to key thoughts that I have in mind for that that verse, rather than just a whole series of black dots, you know, line after line after line after line, like it's you put it on one big line, but if you break it into thoughts like a poem, broken into stanzas or thought phrases, makes it a little bit easier to take in, and I find if I write my verse cards that way. Uh, it makes them a little easier to remember. So this is Hebrews 12:11. The reference is twice as hard to remember as the verse. The reference, meaning Hebrews 12:11, the address, is about twice as hard to remember as the verse. So I say it twice as often. So I say it when I start it, and I say it when I end it. And if I do that, then I'm much more likely to keep the verse memorized. So it's Hebrews 12:11, and the first phrase is for the moment. So let's just say the, the reference, the first phrase, and the reference, and let's do it together. For the, uh, I'm sorry, I'm doing it wrong. Hebrews 12.11, for the moment, Hebrews 12.11. All right, let's do it one more time so you get the routine here. Hebrews 12.11, for the moment, Hebrews 12.11. Bet you can't wait to find out what the moment brings, all right? Okay, let's find out. Okay, you knew that already, didn't you? For the moment... All discipline seems painful. Let's say what we know so far. Let's just add that one phrase and say it a couple of times. All discipline seems painful. All discipline seems painful. Don's going to teach you something about meditation in a minute, but we'll, let's just meditate on those five words, four words, all discipline seems painful, uh, emphasizing word one, say it again, emphasize word two, say it again, emphasize word three, say it again, emphasize word four. We'll do that. Ready? All discipline seems painful. 
All discipline seems painful. All discipline seems painful. All discipline seems painful. If you really want to get carried away, you could say, all discipline seems painful, you know, just by syllables. But uh, when we said all discipline seems painful, what thought came to your mind about that, emphasizing that one word? Oh, in other words, it's not really that way, right? It just seems that way. Now, you hadn't thought about that until we said all discipline seems painful, had you? Probably not. So this is so we learned the second phrase. All right, let's do Hebrews twelve eleven for the moment. All discipline seems painful. Hebrews twelve eleven. Ready, set, go. Hebrews twelve eleven. For the moment, all discipline seems painful. Hebrews twelve eleven. All right. Next phrase. Rather than pleasant. Let's say that. Rather than pleasant. All right, let's do the whole thing now. Hebrews twelve eleven. For the moment. All discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. 12.11, thank you. Notice I put painful and pleasant right under each other. Interesting, they both start with a P, and those are the alternate effects that we can get. Painful or pleasant. And it's in the mind. It seems painful. All right, let's try it one more time. Hebrews 12.11, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Hebrews 12.11. Okay, let's see if we've got that verse memorized. Hebrews 12:11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Hebrews 12:11. Okay. Gary. Would you stand up and say that? Yeah. All right. How about Mark? Yeah. Where is it? Do you? Hey, all right. Let's give him a hand for that. Uh, there's a little bit more to it. We're gonna we'll get that a uh, little bit here. What is what? Oh, I can actually see it by looking through here. <laughs> Later, it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Hebrews 12:11. That's RSV. Yeah, it's real close to NIV, but a little bit different. Um, okay, how to memorize? Zero. I've got uh, eight. I've got nine things for you. Ten, really. Uh, when I wrote these out, I forgot zero. So number zero is pray. Psalm one nineteen seventy three. Thy hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. So he prayed for understanding to learn God's word. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Pray for ability, for motive, and for enlightenment as you go through. Number one, do it word for word. Memorize word for word. I'll get back to the Gene War story. So I said, uh, I'm checking the time here. We're okay. So I said to um, Gene, uh, what do you mean close? Remember the story? He said, that's close. I said, what do you mean close? He said, well, here in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, you said make also, and it's also make. So I, I said, well, Gene, there's 114 words in those four verses. I counted them. I was kind of an engineer. I, I knew these things, you know. 
Man, I was really proud of myself. I had 114 words in a, you know, straight in a row without... Were you going to get it close or right? Because if you're going to get it close, then you can change it a little bit, then you can change it a little bit more, and then you can change a few more words and leave some out and add some in, and pretty soon you might come up with a different meaning than God had in mind. Oh, I said. So I decided right then that I wanted to memorize these verses, but I wanted to get them word for word. Uh, even, you know, down to the, to the commas. If you want to have some fun with somebody someday and you're both memorizing the same word, verse. Oh, by the way, who, who, Mark, you, you still know that verse, Hebrews 12, 11? You, you sure? Okay. All right, stand up and I want you and I to memorize that, to, to review that verse together. This is a fun little game you can use if you both know the, the verse. Uh, he's going to say the first word. I'll say the second word. He'll say the third word. We'll just echo back and forth. Okay. All right. Hebrews 11. The all seems. All right. Oh, rather pleasant. Thank you very much. Oh, Hebrews 11. Thank you very much. That's fun, and that's a good way to see it, to really bear down on each word. Is this fun? Well, I think it's fun. I think this is, I think this is a blast. Uh, number two, write it out neatly. Now, I have shown you how, a little bit how I write one out. On one side of the card, I put this. I just put the topic and the reference. On the other side of the card... I put the verse, and uh, I put it there with the reference and the translation at the bottom because somebody may say, what translation is that? Well, I like to know. And then on the other side, at the bottom, I put the date I memorized it. Not terrifically important, but I like to know, so I'm just sharing you the way I do it, okay? All right, let's just go ahead and memorize the rest of this verse. Later... Uh, we'll take a big hunk of it here. Later, it yields, not what it seems, but it actual yield. It yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Let's say that part. Later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Do it again. Later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. We won't meditate on it, but you're probably thinking about it right now because you've, you've already gotten yourself in that mode of really delving into the details of the riches that are in a single verse. It's amazing. Let's say the whole thing. Hebrews 12, 11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Hebrews 12, 11. Let's get the last phrase. Now, this is a fairly long verse. And that last part says, to those who have been trained by it. So we start off with discipline, we end with discipline. To those who have been trained by it. Let's say it. To those who have been trained by it. To those who have been trained by it. All right, let's say the whole thing together now. Hebrews 12:11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Let's just say that last part again. Try to do it without looking up here if you can. We'll, we'll, we'll do the reference, and then we'll start with later. Hebrews 12, 11. Later, it yields the peaceful... 
Hebrews 12, 11. Okay, good. Didn't know where my voice might be kind of guiding you through there a little bit. My daughter can sing any song on the radio as long as uh, they're singing. You know, you turn the radio off, she stops too. <laughs> I don't know whether she knows it or just kind of has quick uh, response time. Uh, so I write it on the, the card this way, and it helps me to uh, to sort of learn and study and meditate on it uh, as well as just see it uh, see it there. The reason I put the reference on the back is then when I'm reviewing it by myself, when a verse comes up, all I'm looking at is that. In other words, I can't see all the words. If I glance at that, boy, I can glance at that whole verse so quick and I don't realize I don't really know it. So I just look at that and see it. And then if I need a little help, I can flip it over and uh, and look at it. Uh, okay, so write it out. Then number three is study the context to know who, where, when, why, and to whom. And then uh, as you study the context, you have to open up your Bible to do that. While you're in there, go ahead and mark the Bible, mark the verse that you memorize in some distinctive manner. Uh, some underline, some uh, actually go over each word, uh, trace over the top of every word of it so it makes it look like bold, you know. Uh, the way I do it is to circle it and with a colored pen so that as I'm looking through, I circle the, not the verse, but just the number. So I would, on Hebrews 12:11, I would just go over there and circle the number 11. Then as I'm looking through, wherever I find a circle, oh, this is one I have memorized. So as I'm reading, I'm in church, I can do a little scripture review right there on those verses that I already have memorized because I have them marked. Uh, if I memorize a verse in another translation, let's say this is my home-based Bible, which it actually is not, but uh, if this is my main Bible that I use all the time, I happen to memorize that in the Living Bible, I write it out in the margin, the whole verse. You need to write pretty small to do that. So, I, if, you know, theoretically, if, uh, if I lost all my cards, I could reproduce all the verses I know from, from the Bible. Uh, four, we've already learned that. Memorize one phrase at a time. Uh, with the reference fore and aft. That's a Dawson-Trotman deal, came from the sailor thing. With the reference fore and aft. I'm not sure which is fore and aft on a ship, but I know that it probably means before and after, right? So, okay, got that. Uh, learn the verse with the topic. Then sometimes you think of topic discipline and the verse will come to mind. Or if the verse will come to mind, the topic will come to mind, topic. Uh, discipline in that case. Principles of scripture memory, uh, repetition, just over and over and over. Now, probably some of you have forgotten this verse. You had it memorized a while ago, but you may have forgotten it already because we haven't repeated it for a while. Let's repeat it now. Let's see, do as much as you can without looking, but I'll leave it up here if you need it. Hebrews 12:11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Hebrews 12:11. Then have some, oh, division. That's what we've done. We've broken it down into parts. Visualization, seeing it. Many of my verses I've drawn little pictures of, diagrams, ex explanations. Some people don't like to do that. Uh, concentration, where you really focus in. Recitation, saying it out loud as we have, and then application, thinking how to put it into practice. Then have someone check you for word-perfect recitation. Two are better than one. Number eight, get each verse overlearned before going on to the next verse. Memorize just one verse at a time. People who memorize two or three verses this week and they try to get them all together, uh, you know, on Monday, 
I find that it's very difficult for most of us. So if you're going to memorize five verses this week, get the one on Monday, get it down before you start with the second one. No workman, however skilled, can work hastily and well at the same time. Okay, and then the ninth one I had under here in the memorizing is the frequency. How, how, what kind of uh, goal should I set? Um, what should, how often should I memorize a new verse? Well, I will say this, uh, something regular. So have a plan. I want to memorize a verse a week or two verses a week uh, or five verses a week. And don't make it excessive. I'd rather see someone start and then build uh, and, and grow into this. I have a friend who started memorizing a verse a week, and then he went to two a week, and now he's memorizing about ten a week. So um, I like to recommend a program something like this. The, the 5-2-1 program. Now, this is kind of over, over a period of time. Memorize five a week until you get up to 500. Now, this is, boy, there's nothing in the Bible about this, okay? <laughs> but it's just a little guideline thought for you. Uh, because uh, especially if you're fairly new in the Christian life and you don't have a lot of ministry and other activities and you can really devote to this for a couple of years, if you memorize five a week, uh, how many would you get in a year? Yeah. And let's say you had a vacation, you get 250. Now, after the end of two years, you've got 500 verses. Well, that's getting right on up there. If you memorize one verse a week, how long does it take you to get to 500? Ten years. That's quite a bit of difference. So, uh, you know, if you've got a believer and he's pretty new and he doesn't know any better, he doesn't know we're not supposed to do these kind of things, you know, and he's keen in this area, you just might suggest, well, get a verse every day. Back in the early days of the navigators, to get in, you had to be getting a verse a day. Most of us full-time navigators couldn't get in the old navigators. Um, but somewhere out there, and whether it's 500 or 200 or something, you're going to have to drop off because now you've got the maintenance uh, effort of reviewing. So regardless of the numbers here, the thing ought to begin to tail down. So, uh, so let's say you've memorized five a day up to 500. You could say, I mean, five a week. You could say, well, two a week up to 200, whatever the numbers are. But then drop back maybe two a week until you get up to about a thousand and then you could memorize one a week from then on it's all a matter of arithmetic uh, by the way i never analyzed it this carefully when i was getting started i just got excited and crammed it all in like packing a suitcase to come down here very few of you probably measured the volume of your underwear and said okay let's see which suitcase to use you just cram it all in there you know and if it don't fit try another suitcase so that's the way my life was um but to memorize a new verse takes about five minutes. We haven't spent that long on this verse, and some of you can, can say it. Uh, to get it down, another five minutes spread over the next couple of weeks. So every new verse you put in takes about ten minutes. But in review, you can review uh, roughly a verse in ten seconds. Somebody got a second hand that's just sweeping around there on the, on the word. Don't, don't try to press all those buttons. It takes too long. Uh, okay, just time me. For the uh, Hebrews 12:11, for the moment all discipline seems painful. Later it yields rather than pleasant. Later it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. How many seconds was that? Seven seconds. So I generally can do a, a verse, even the long ones, in six seconds. I can do ten a minute. So if I'm reviewing, I can review 50 in five minutes. But even if you say it a little bit slower, you can still get uh, 
50 in, in 10 minutes. Well, if I can do 50 in five minutes, and if I review my verses now, stay with me here, a little mathematics. If I review my verses uh, every month, so I want to go through all the verses I've memorized once a month. I don't need to review all the verses every day. I don't need to review my telephone number every day. If I call it every few days, I'll still know it, right? So if I review all the verses every month, how many verses can I review in five minutes a day? How many verses can I maintain being memorized in, in five minutes a day? Well, I'm going to do 50 on Monday and do another 50 on Tuesday. How many? 1,500. I can keep 1,500 verses reviewed with only five minutes a day. Now, the 10 p.m. news has seven minutes of advertising. So if you have one of those remote controls, kill it during the ads. You can review 1,500 verses a month during the 10 p.m. news when they're just showing ads. And it'll save you money because you won't want to buy those things. <laughs> now, I don't, know, I don't know if you want to do it that way. I'm just trying to put it into a picture. I don't do it that way. Uh, but let me, let me kill another little myth. Don was shooting down some myths. I'll kill one. And that is, when I first started memorizing Scripture, I was told that you can fit this into the odd moments of your day. While you're waiting on elevators, while you're waiting on the phone to answer, while you're doing the... Um, uh, if you wish to speak to the marketing department, press one, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, what you can, you can, you can do it in those odd moments while you're driving. I do most of my review while I'm driving. I've only had two accidents reviewing uh, verses and they were both relatively minor. I put my, uh, put my hands on the steering wheel and just, you know, do the cards like that while I'm driving. Um, except for a couple of roads in Dallas I avoid, but most of them I can do it, but it, it won't work completely. For many, many years, if you do it just in the odd moments, you'll need to set aside some time to do that. Okay, how to keep going. Uh, okay, now we, now we are over time. See, Don, it's always my fault. Uh, let me give this very quickly to you, and then I'll come back uh, if we have time at the end to some of it. The secret to successful memory program is review and meditation. Proverbs 4.13 says, always remember what you have learned. Your education is your life. Guard it well. So, uh, review. Uh, under review, here's some ideas for you. Number one is to have a buddy system. Uh, two are better than one because they have a good reward for the labor. So, get yourself a buddy. Then, uh, plan to do scripture review in your man-to-man -man time with others. Um, I saw a paper uh, as I was preparing for this done by John Crawford, and he recommended in a one-hour session of man-to-man -man that each of you spend 10 minutes reviewing. So 20 minutes of your of your man-to-man -man 60 would be spent on reviewing scriptures together. 10 minutes of your verses, he checks you. 10 minutes uh, the other way around. Uh, number three, always use the reference when you're reviewing. Sometimes you're reviewing, you, you think, oh, I can see it there. I don't need to say it. But if you don't say it out loud, eventually you start to forget it, at least my experience. Uh, then you need to schedule yourself a weekly scripture memory session to select new verses, write them out, uh, organize your verses, um, and then catch up if you happen to miss Tuesday or Thursday uh, of this week. I like to use Sunday afternoon for this, and usually about an hour uh, uh, is, is all I need to uh, go through. And, and In fact, if I miss... 
my Sunday afternoon hour this week, I can catch it next week. So there's some ideas on uh, on review for you. Um, set a, a series of goals. I, I mentioned this a little bit uh, before. Um, the most obnoxious guy in the church is the guy with 50 verses. So set your goal for 50, but then set another goal out there, maybe at 100, and another goal out there for 200, another for 500. So set yourself a series of goals and accomplish that and then go on from there. The first objective in my, my mind would be to finish the TMS. When you're behind and get discouraged, press on. That's what Philippians 3.14 says, press on. Uh, the second one, the bullet point there, don't compare yourself to others. 2 Corinthians 10.12 says that it's stupid to do that. Don't compare yourself to others. Next bullet point, set your heart to be a finisher. 2 Corinthians 8, 10, 11, I want to suggest that you finish what you started to do a year ago, for you were not only the first to propose this idea, but the first to begin doing something about it. Having started the ball rolling so enthusiastically, you should carry this project through to completion just as gladly, giving whatever you can out of whatever you have. Be a finisher. Uh, Ecclesiastes 7, 10 says finishing is better than starting. Then use the word in life and ministry, on phone calls and letters and your Sunday school lesson, your man-to-man time. Uh, by the way, one little idea I gave that I, that I use, and uh, some people have liked it, if you're on the road and you don't want to lose your verses, if you're traveling a lot, you can, um, this is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, 18 verses here. If I do it on the back, this I just laid the verses on the glass and made a photocopy. Can you see that? And on two sheets of paper, you can put 36. So on 10 sheets, you get 360, and you can always carry 10 sheets of paper in your briefcase. And you have 360 verses there you can review uh, while you're on the road. Then you don't have it, because cards, if you have them, take up a lot of space in your briefcase. This takes up much less, and it's a little bit more uh, secure for that. Um, Have you got over 500 verses and your review is difficult? Uh, I'm not going to cover this right now, but I'm going to turn it over to Don. And um, I'll cover this later if somebody has a specific question about that during the uh, during the question and answer period. Don? Well, I want to spend maybe 10 minutes or so here just going through some application. But before, uh, you know, it sounds pretty mechanical, doesn't it, the way Jim puts it, and it is. He's a mechanical engineer, <laughs> not or electrical engineer or something like that. But it, it, a lot of this is mechanical, and that's, let's don't fool ourselves about it. And uh, so just accept that. But what is the real purpose for the memory to get it in our heart? What What are we really going to do with it after it's in there? Hopefully the Holy Spirit. Do what? Well, share it. That gets it out. But before that, it, it, we're going to meditate on it. You know, Joshua 1.8, you know, is really the key to this. It says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll be careful to do everything written in it. And then you'll be prosperous and successful. Now, I don't see anything in there that says by me memorizing the verses, I'm going to be doing everything written in them and processing. It's keyed off of meditation. So we're only getting this in, you know, uh, either like Psalms 119, I believe, 9 says, how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? I've hidden your word on my bookshelf, no, in my heart, that I might not sin against you. So... But it's a meditation process. We all have the Holy Spirit. God has given us the counselor, the Holy Spirit, 
to teach and guide us in all good things in the Word, in our heart. That's where we want to put it. That's where we're stowing it in there, and we're sowing it, the meditation. Read the definition. This is Jim's definition. I don't think um, anybody but Jim Kennedy could come up with a definition like this, but uh, let's read this together, if you would. You see the meditation part? Let's do it. The unhurried mulling over of a verse, word by word, thought by thought, like treasure, investigating each word and phrase in relation to my life, allowing and expecting the Holy Spirit to actually illumine me, to understand and appreciate what is there with a willing heart resulting in a life-changing application. Well, basically what you want to do is just think about it a lot and let God work it out and live it out in you. But that's, that, that's, you know, that's where we're going with this. And that's the aim is to become, this is the 1 Timothy 4, 7, to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. So there's discipline involved. You know, I, you know I've heard Lauren Sandy say as far as the number of verses, a businessman, when he speaks at the BNP conferences or whatever, you know, a verse a week is, is fine. Don't overload. You know, Jim, you know, if you can do 50, you know, five a day, that's fine. But don't, you know, build up to that, though. Start out with something that's comfortable. You young men that are in school, you know, take one or two verses a week. The topical memory system, you can do that when you're starting out in uh, six months, you know, or something like that. That's about two a week, and it's a very comfortable pace for you. And... uh but it, you want it in there. You want it in your heart. You want to take it with you. Whoever has my commands, you know, and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And then Joshua 1 8, remember that verse. Well, the one thing that you can do out of a workshop, hopefully the navigators put on it, I've learned just being around them, is pass things on to others. You know, I mean, that, that's what we want to re, be able to reproduce the word in us and what we do in the lives of others. So I want to give you some examples of what I've found in my life that uh, how to get others started and one way Jim just mentioned the beginning with Christ class we do a little new believers in our church we go through a six-week course but five weeks are spent on the beginning with Christ uh, navigator material and it's on lessons on assurance assurance of salvation assurance of answered prayer there's five assurance there's two verse cards for each one and our goal is to get a new believer especially our recommitted believers you know in the word and starting out with some memory work going on with a purpose we don't and these topics are what's great about it because that gives you the key the handle you know that that uh, gets us started on this where we can draw down on fear or worry anxieties philippians 4 6 and 7 or whatever so verses that have a meaning you know jesus could have thrown the book at satan I mean, he was the word you know he didn't have to do what he did he did it three times used three specific verses and he did that not because he had to but to show us what we're to do in our life and, Jim, are we going to pass these out now in, in bundles or what? We've got about four handouts. I want them to have the equipper right now. This is a piece that if y'all haven't seen, this was written in February of 94. This is Lauren's letter that he writes, not as much now as he used to. I guess he write maybe once every six months or something, but it used to be sort of quarterly and then monthly before that. I think this is a classic, so y'all hold on to this and use this in other... He talks about scripture memory. This is Lauren Sandy. Has paid greater dividends for me on the amount of time spent than any other form of scripture intake. And like he said this morning, there are certain people in the BNP ministry that he's always found, always have a good start in the morning. Well, the guys that I still see that are walking with God are the guys that are doing regular scripture intake and have a daily quiet time. You know, there's, those things are always there. 
and the men of God that I admire that are still standing are doing two things. They're doing regular word intake, memorizing it, and where they can meditate on it, and they're spending time, a lot of time alone with God on a regular basis. Anyway, Lauren wrote this piece here that you'll, when you get around, they'll be here. Um, and it tells you, I want you to take it with you, how it allows him to trust God, obey his word, avoid sin, defeat the devil, renovate his mind, help others, and prosper spiritually. And he has a, it's a real great, I think this is a, a classic. So uh, copy this for other people if you'd like and use it because Lauren can put things so well, as you know, hearing him that uh, I can't say it any better. I wanted you to have a copy of this, even though it was in 1994. Um, now, what our pastor at Dallas, I belong to a church, O.S. Hawkins is pastor at First Baptist in Dallas, and we were playing golf after he had first come there, gave him a little background on me and some work that the navigators God had brought into my life, and we were going down the fairway, and he said, well, I want to get some navigator work going on our church one of these days. Well, I'd sort of been praying that I could have a, more vital ministry inside the church or whatever, and he had just come there. So he had a heart for that, and we got talking later on about scripture memory, and in fact, I proposed something that he wasn't too hot on, which was, I won't mention it, but it was just, it was a financial deal, and it's a great workshop, but he wanted to get down to the basics first. And he said, no, let's do that some other time. I want to do the scripture memory. So he just opened, God just had the door wide open, and Jim been working in me, and there's, you know, it's very easy to pass this on to people. Now, what we do, like I mentioned in our church on Sundays, we uh, disciple new believers in a small setting. There may be two or three people in there, or as many as six or eight of new believers. And they go around for six weeks. They go through the assurances. And the last week, I've done a little quiet time work on that. But that is a great time to get started. And you can do that one-on-one. Anytime that you lead a new person to Christ, get a hold of the Beginning with Christ booklet on assurances. And each of you go on that. It's a great way to get a one-on-one started or in your church on a regular basis. We all have what I call teacher certificates, 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. It says, you know, and the things you've heard me say in the presence of many entrust to reliable men who will be faithful to teach others. So we all are teachers. We all have a, what I call a teacher certificate. And I worked up, there's, now this is a, uh, what we've done, we've taken the topical memory system, and I broke it down into six weeks. The first, and these are just two examples of week one and week five. You're going to get a copy of these in just a minute. I'm going to let Jim, maybe you could help pass out some on that side. Yeah, okay. Which one is that? Week one. Okay. I worked up a six-week course. And we have, uh, by the way, I think some of this on a diskette for any of you that would want to take a, don't you have some diskettes with you? Five or six of these that have these lessons on there on computer form in MS Publisher, I believe it is, that I worked it on. But anyway, what we do is we go around the wheel. So I decided that a good way that you can teach this in a bite size in a, in a small group setting is do a six-week course, two weeks, two verses per week. And basically, you know, start out with the first topical memory group. Is when if you ever buy a topical memory system package, you can order them from your associational church association, from the navigators, and they're about four fifty plus. You know, we charge five dollars, which is half the price that they are in the bookstore. We don't resell them in our bookstore there in our church, but for using in ministry work, that's a real good deal. So it's like a five dollar deal. And that we, we do an introduction beforehand, which is on this diskette, telling them what they're going to get into and what they'll, what they'll be doing. And we have a lesson on each week. 
And the first thing we do is at the center of the wheel is Christ, as you know. And that's the two verses that we have, 2 Corinthians 5.17 and Galatians 2.20. And so we, we explain the wheel and what the wheel, where you get your strength, is at the hub. You know, it's the source of all of our strength, and Christ is at the center of our life. That's where, that's, that's start out at square one, you know. So we just go around the wheel. This lesson is, is Christ the center. And what, if you'll open it up in the second inside page, we have a lesson worked out. And I, I go over some principles. This is the first time we'll meet, so we'll go through these principles and some help, some memorizing. And then we talked about meditation. You see right there your uh, verse that Jim uh, put in his outline there. And then requirements of meditation. Well, we need a man of God. We need a word of God and a spirit of God. And we all have that. All of us, a man or a woman of God. In other words, a believer. And the word of God, Isaiah. And then the spirit of God. So that's all there available to us. That's all anybody ever needs. Now, what we look at is I go through the topics and uh, we, then we discuss the verses so you can see an outline of the, of the lesson we do together. And it's about a 50-minute lesson, you know, in our church discipleship series on like on Wednesday nights or Sunday evenings or something like that. So you can take this and make a six-week lesson out of it and get people involved in Scripture memory. And they'll have their cards, you know, that come with the TMS that are perforated and, and topics and so you can build a real good lesson, and I wanted you to have a flavor of, of how you can do that. And we make available to anybody that wants these on hard copy. There's a whole set that I can get you copies of, including the introductory course. And what we spend more time together on is in meditation and the principles of meditation that are so important by word emphasis, paraphrasing, personalizing, writing it down, praying it in, all these forms of meditation like Lauren Sandy says, there's no better way to pray scripturally than to, to pray scripturally than to pray scripture. There's no better way to be scriptural in your prayers than to use scripture. So a lot of times in your quiet time, as you know, or just praying to God, verses will come to your mind that you've memorized. And you pray back to God those verses. And I think that pleases God. You don't have to do that, but I think it pleases Him. Um, so this is one example, or two examples, beginning with Christ. And the Scripture Memory Course, sort of a six-week edition that we work up in our church, uh, that emphasizes a lot of time on meditation. And the last thing is a threefold deal. Jim, is that going out now? Oh. Okay. The threefold is, he's got week five, which inside week five is, well, week, week two has, but it are the different forms of meditation, so you'll see those in there. What I've got involved with is in a prison ministry. And if y'all ever have a chance in your home state, I know in Texas, our church has a, a group that, a chaplain, we have a full-time man in prisons. So I've started going to him at least once a month, trying to, to different prisons in this Texas system. And we, I, I give them the equipper, this of Lawrence. Lawrence doesn't know this, but I, this is out in about 2,000 uh, inmates' hands now. But there'll be anywhere from three to 400 guys come into their, their services here. And they sing. They have their church service. So we have a pretty open door to teach scripture memory. And I give them a copy of this threefold, which is uh, basically has the wheel and different the verses blocked out here. And in the middle, you'll see benefits from God's word. Be sure and pick this up. I put it all in one form because we didn't have to stuff as much. So it has a lot in there. The hand illustration, grasping God's word. I go through that with them. And these prisoners are just, there's not, not a lot of them do this, but a lot of them do it. One and we give them a prize. If they'll do the 12 verses, 
we'll give you a, a concordance or a whatever, and we'll have anywhere from a dozen to sometimes 20 or 30 prisoners that'll know these 12 verses. And I'll tell you, it breaks your heart, but it also gives you a great amount of hope to hear these guys say scripture memory, do their verses, you know, and sitting there. And it's a great time, and that's a ministry that you could get into also. But that, all you could just use this handout. I wanted to share that with you. Uh, there's a lot of ways of doing this in the life of others, and um, the main key, though, in my, my mind is to be sure, and like Jim says, get that systematic approach going, get some help, get some accountability, and then, and then, and then just do it. You know what God said, just do it. <laughs> and then stay at it. It's easy to get away from this. And I'm guilty. I'm talking to myself here. But um, I just know, and, and, our, and you know that too, and any of you young men here that haven't gotten into this, this is probably the best thing you could spend with your time. There's no better way to get dividends from God than to hide in your, his word in our heart. And I can want to really encourage all, all of us in that, but especially you younger guys. It's, it's amazing what you can memorize and put your mind to it. And God will, will bless you and honor us when we do this. Jim, um, let me look here. Where am I on my outline? How, how are we on time? Okay. Well, I just wanted to, you know, these are a few ways that you can get others started and reproduce this in the life of others. And let me read one thing here on, how many know who Pete Maravich uh, is? Basketball player, you know? Okay. Well, this is sort of st staying at it and, and the disciplines we need. And I wanted to read you a little story here for just a minute. Um, this is in this book, uh, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. But during my junior high school years, anyone with an interest in basketball wanted to be like Pete Maravich. Pistol Pete, as he was known, scored more points than anyone in collegiate history and was the most electrifying basketball player of his time. Before his day, dribbling between the legs and making behind-the-back passes were considered just for show. Maravich made them commonplace. After his pro career, he was inducted in the NBA Hall of Fame. He became a Christian in his mid-30s and suddenly died in January of 1988 of a heart attack at only age 40. We all remember that. A year before he died, Maravich said this in an interview. The key to my ability was repetition. I practiced and practiced and practiced again. I gave the sport my total commitment. I tried everything I could in every way I could to perfect my skills. It was like an obsession. It paid off for me as a player. I'm not so sure in life. If I had given that same devotion then to my faith, which is what I do now, I'd have been a better person in the long run. And Donald Whitney goes on, by disciplining himself to practice shooting, passing, and dribbling, Pete Maravich became one of the greatest basketball players ever. Despite all the money and fame brought to him by the sport, he ultimately regretted giving such productive discipline to anything besides his faith in Christ. Are you willing to discipline yourself in the way he wished he had done? Are you willing to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness as much as he was willing to discipline himself for the purpose of basketball? Does godliness mean as much to you as basketball once meant to Pete Maravich? John can stay up here, and we're just going to take any uh, questions and answers. Uh, you can either give us an answer or a question. And uh, we've got about uh, six or seven minutes, so we'll see what's out there. Yes. Only one. I know one man. I think it is such an unusual calling that I probably would not suggest a man attempt it unless God really called you to do it. This man was going blind, 
and he asked God to give him the ability to memorize this, the whole Bible because he was a Bible teacher. Because if he got blind, then he wouldn't be able to teach. And he got, you know, legally blind. Uh, he could still see, but he couldn't read. And uh, he would uh, preach. Dr. Stewart, Bill Stewart. Kelly. Um, I think it's a, uh, when I was around some people, they made me feel like if you just memorize verses, there's something wrong with you. That you really want to do it right, you've got to memorize whole chapters at a time. I certainly do not see it that way. Because uh, they say, well, I said, why? And they, well, if you memorize a single verse, you will take it out of context. Hey, you can memorize the whole chapter and take a verse out of context, too. Taking a verse out of context is what's in your heart, not what's in your mind, as far as knowing the verses. So I think I would rather know uh, 10 verses from 10 different chapters before I'd like to know all the 10 verses in one chapter, personally. Uh, and I've memorized quite a few chapters in some books and stuff, but I don't have them now. Which, uh, But I do have the individual verses where God kind of put the spotlight and said, and just burned that one into my heart, and those I still have. So, Andrew. Yes. Next question. <laughs> All three. <laughs> yes. Well, the past year, like I said, I was out playing golf pretty much. First of all, you got to take up golf. <laughs> but he had a heart, has a heart for that. And uh, we got time. I, I was on a Wednesday night, wasn't Yeah. He gave me the whole Wednesday night church over. Don was sitting here preaching, and W.A. Criswell was here, and the pastor O.S. Hawkins was there, and and he was preaching, and they were saying, "Amen." You know, <laughs> but we had about, that's great. We, had, we ordered 300 CMS books. Um, okay, that's what you do if you got more than 500, and, and your verses are starting to get let's see, your review is getting real bad. Nobody likes to do something they're bad at, and if you should be able to review, say six a minute or ten a minute, and it takes you, you can get one every ten minutes reviewed then you eventually quit doing that. So I recommend going through all your verses and take out the ones you don't know, the ones you can't say. Uh, if you want me to, I'll come to your house and I'll do that with you. I'll take all your verses and I'll hold them up and I'll say, say this one. If you don't know it, I'll put it in this stack. If you know it, we'll put it in this stack. Then those are your review and just review those and boy, you'll love it and it'll be so dynamic and exciting and sharp. And then take these others and gradually go through and say, okay, how many of these do I really want to know and how many were just for the for the time being, and I don't care about if I know them anymore. Put those off forever. Take the ones you really want to re know and gradually reclaim them book by book. Tommy. I, I would start with the topical memory system because they picked out the top 60 verses in the Bible to memorize. There's one verse in there that I'm not too crazy about, but God was because he put it in there. I mean, he put it in the Bible. But uh, basically, that's the hit parade of verses to memorize. I would start with those 60. Uh, no, it is not, but you can get it by dialing the NavPress 1-800-366-7788. And just say, I want one of those. Give your credit card, and they'll mail it to you. Cost $10 retail. Roger. Yeah. Call. It's available in some Christian bookstores, but as you can imagine, it's not. Hey, we got one. We, we meant to bring one. Here's what it is right here, and James has got one with you. James, have you memorized some of those? Just started. Okay. Check with James. He's got one here. You can have a look at it and see. Norm. 
Uh, probably that one right there. I don't know. Colossians 2, 6, and 7. And now just as you trusted Christ to save, you trust him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with him. Let your roots go down into him and draw up nourishment from him. See that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. And let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all he has done. Tom, you had a uh, living question. I had. I want to review Hebrews 12, 11. Can I do that right? Yeah. Second yeah. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely for those because they find themselves mature in the relationship with God. Hey, That's out of the message, you know. I just saw that in the message. And, you know, at the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. And, you know, that's just a, a way sometimes I've found you do a version that you just really like, so you add it. I don't do a lot of that because I'm not as far along, but I'm careful because I want to stay on my track with the NIV, but I really like that, and you'll find versions. That booklet there, well, if you didn't meet with anybody, that is a self-contained the topical memory system. I mean, you could go that by, through by yourself if you had to. I mean, it was not the ideal thing to do, but it's really a neat way to get started. It's, in fact, it would be great if you had a couple of buddies yeah. just yeah. go through that, and like Don says, it recommends a pace of two verses per week and that's doable especially if that's kind of your main study uh, deal you could even if you want to do a little uh, verse analysis type study on one of those two verses this week uh, and and that will add to what you're what you're getting out of it you could there's various formats for doing a verse analysis check with somebody on that one okay any other uh, questions we got a couple minutes left Kelly yes uh-huh right and they also publish uh, some other little verse packs. Uh, but I think after you get beyond the TMS, honestly, picking in your own verses is probably superior to letting someone else pick them for you. Because then those will be the verses that really have said something to you where God has moved you with it or taught you by it, and they'll stick with you better. What if you uh, are discipling someone? Should you uh, require them to do scripture memory? I don't. Uh, it's just a matter of personal preference, but I uh, I use scripture memory. In fact, even if the other man is not uh, memorizing, I'll ask him to review me on some verses. May not use 50, but I'll you know a few.